Welcome to the Food and Faith Podcast, conversations from the soil and around the table with your co-hosts, Anna Wolfenden and Sam Chamberlain. So hello, Food and Faith Podcast community. We are thrilled today to have two special guests who are here to tell some of their own story and also to share the story of Memphis Theological Seminary and their doctorate of ministry in land, food, and faith formation. This is right up our alley at the Food and Faith Podcast of people who are bringing together food and ecology and faith and theological reflection. And some of the instructors in this program in the past and maybe also in the future are some of our, our favorite friends and guests like Reverend Dr. Heber Brown and Reverend Maria Love Parrish as well as many others that we're hoping to be in conversation with in the future. So I am really excited to have a conversation today with Jade Clark and with Nathan Doris. And I'm gonna invite them to each introduce themselves, say a little bit about why they're on this call and to talk about um, their geography and how that intersects with this program at Memphis Theological Seminary. So Jade, let's start with you. Hi, um, my name is Jade Clark. I am a Memphis native, born and raised in Memphis. I graduated from University of Tennessee with a bachelor's in food science technology. Um, and I lived pretty much all over the South, Texas, Georgia, and a brief stint in Cleveland, Ohio. It was much too cold. <laughs> and so I returned, I left Cleveland, Ohio and moved back home. So I've been back in Memphis um, doing some work more so um, before I was working for corporations. Now I'm doing a lot of work with nonprofits. Um, and so yeah, my journey landed me back in Memphis and I've been here since 2015. Wonderful. Thank you. Nathan, what about you? Yeah, um, my name is Nathan, and I, I graduated with a degree in Bible and religion from a small university in central Arkansas called Harding University. And I've, I've kind, of, I kind of grew up all over the place. Um, my dad was a preacher, is a preacher, and was always sort of like uh, discontented in a lot of ways with where he was. And so we moved every, you know, four to five years. Um, and so I have no deep roots anywhere, but I have a lot of uh, shallow roots all over the place. Um, and when I was here in, in Arkansas and Searcy, I, um, I sort of grew some roots and made some real strong connections to some friends and people in the community. And then I went another direction after I graduated and spent some time with some Catholic workers in Atlanta and then some other, uh, another house of hospitality in Virginia. And then I lived in Pittsburgh for five years and I've only just last month, um, Kind of transplanted myself with my partner back into central Arkansas um, and a lot of the reason for that was to to really like dig into the project for this program in Memphis. So can you tell us a little bit more about the geography of this program of what you know from your vantage point about why did Memphis Theological Seminary start to think about this intersection and and what would it look like to be part of it. So Memphis Theological, um, it's always been a school that I kind of rode past. I never really saw myself in, in ministry. And for when I first heard about the program, I was like, oh my goodness, this sounds like it's a good fit, but 
I'm not a pastor and I don't have a, um, a degree in divinity or ministry or anything. And so I was a little bit concerned about that. And, um, and they told me, they're like, well, the work that you're doing, you know, we are nonprofit in terms of trying to teach and educate kids about, and their parents, you know, and communities in general about, you know, food and food justice and agriculture and kind of how they can find opportunities um, in, the, in the sector. They were like, that's, that's your ministry. That, that's, and it's definitely my calling I've come to realize. Um, but I feel like it's very important. I know there aren't many programs um, like the Land, Food, and Faith Formation program offered in Memphis Theological. Um, we're one of very few. Um, but I think it's important. I'm glad they decided to step out and kind of, um, you know, and, and start this program with the first co uh, cohort. Um, but I think it was definitely relevant to things going on in Memphis with the poverty and um, hunger. I mean, I think Memphis was just named hunger capital of the U.S. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of work that needs to be done. And I think that it's awesome that Memphis Theological has, you know, chosen to equip the leaders that are going to be, you know, taking on this, 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 this work. Oh, it's powerful. Nathan, what drew you to the program and what are you hoping to get out of it or what is the what is the thread for you yeah um it's like it's a lot of things um so i found out about the program um on facebook actually so the the academic dean of memphis theological seminary is pete gatke um and he uh has a really close has had a really close relationship with um the open door community which is a catholic worker house in, in a, it was a catholic worker house in atlanta that i was i was part of for two years um, so I met him a long time ago. I met him in, in 2014. Um, and he wrote like a history of, of that community. And we kind of stayed in touch and um, saw each other every once in a while as I kind of moved from place to place. And I was living in Pittsburgh um, and thinking about um, moving towards some involvement with ecological issues. Um, and I have a, yeah, I have a background in in theology and, and Bible study, I guess. Um, and that's always been like kind of fun for me in a lot of ways, meaningful, but um, meaningful also in a like a kind of joyful way. I just find it interesting and fun to do theology. Um, and so um, I was looking at this like uh, food studies program at Chatham University, um, which is really cool. And I was starting to think about that. And then Pete posted on Facebook, oh, we're going to be starting this like brand new program that's tying together like issues of ecology and food and also theology. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm about that. So I reached out to him um, and he was, was real excited um, to have me come along um, as, part of the, as part of the program. And I think um, was excited like to get more people into the program who are sort of outside of the institutional church. Um, Jade's working with nonprofit stuff. Um, yeah, non-traditional kind of pastoral work um, or ministerial work. And so, yeah, as soon as I heard about it, I was just, my interest was piqued and I was really excited to try and be part of it. Yeah, it's one of the things that strikes me about these kind of cohort programs, be it doctorate of ministry or fellowships, is one of the richest pieces is the other people in the program because everyone is bringing these rich backgrounds and and questions they're not just theoretical questions they're actual questions that you are living and growing and so i'm curious i mean jade you mentioned a bit about the memphis community in itself um and some of your work 
and I see your intersection and you said this is this is your ministry and I'm curious maybe for you what theological questions you are coming into this program with or what are the, the theological threads that you're hoping to explore or offer or deepen um, through this work? Uh, definitely. I think, so even when I started my nonprofit, I, um, it, I'm not going to say it was like self-motivation, but I knew that I was in, in, in the corporate world. I knew that I was a minority and that I was always the only, you know, woman of color in the room and so i just wanted you know um you know my peers and, and and the younger generations to have something that they felt like they could also be a part of even there was something that they had never you know knew existed so i didn't know much about agriculture you know my family they grew up on farms and it was just kind of like you know farming basically for sustenance you know not necessarily as a hobby or as a, a potential career um and so I, I didn't think about, I mean, as even as a Christian, so I grew up, you know, Christian in a Baptist church and, you know, we take communion and, you know, we've always had, you know, I've always gone to a uh, missionary Baptist church. So we've always worked with people and been out in the community, but I've never really just thought about the, the um, in terms of like theology or what is, what are the spiritual or religious implications of, of food and feeding people and caring for people. And, and it's, so that really was the, the questions that I want to answer to, because I feel like I had mastered food from a scientific, you know, perspective, even, um, you know, just from a, from sensory and just all these different things. But I knew that, you know, from my heart, I, I felt like those were questions that weren't answered. And what does God say? What is, you know, what, what does he want? Or how does he feel about, you know, these large corporations that I work for that, you know, tend to continue to further marginalize, you know, these groups, is that right? Is that ethical? Mm -hmm. And so it, it really just challenged me in a way that I just felt like, you know, man, my, my life's work, <laughs> yeah. I've been, you know, working for not so good people. And so I wanted, you know, that, that was really, um, it, I, I felt really convicted, you know, in the beginning. And, but I feel like this is, this, this, um, program has really started to push me more, um, spiritually and just really helping me to develop, you know, uh, uh, my relationship with God and further, um, you know, deepening the, the relationship, knowing that, you know, this is my work. I was chosen to do this work. This is my purpose and how it all kind of ties in together. Cause in the beginning, I just thought, okay, food is a way that I can make it out. You know, uh, you know, I grew up in low income neighborhoods. So, you know, this is a way that I can make it out. But I, but now I know for a fact that, you know, this is God's, you know, this is what he has, you know, put in my life for this reason. And I need to continue to grow closer to him through this work. Mm -hmm. Something that's so powerful in just that reminder that it's actually all connected anyway. Yeah, <laughs> I think right. so. Right? It's so easy, and I think church. I think we're often um, guilty of thinking that. Well, there's the things that we do as spiritual people in church within the walls, and then there maybe is even like the good work we do outside, or like we'll do we'll do service out here. We'll go do, and to reframe it and be like we are people of faith, we are communities, we are, you know, people who eat, people who need to eat um, in all these different areas of life and that those are actually 
not only are they not disconnected, but they have an impact on each other. I mean, I'm just hearing that the faith questions actually change the way that your orientation to employment and to organizations that you want to work with and to systematic ways of being and systematic ways of oppression and that yeah. those, it, these things definitely, talk to each definitely. other. <laughs> right, definitely. And just my whole perception or thought of stewardship. Because ah. we often think about stewardship or we're, we learn in, you know, in, in church that it's stewardship is in terms of like how you manage your gifts and, you know, your finances, but it's, we don't talk about, you know, stewardship in relation to like the land and, mm-hmm. and how we, you know, steward the people, how we, you know, care for people and love our neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. It's just taking on a whole new meaning. Well, it strikes me that, you know, that passage in the first part of Genesis about, you know, do we have dominion over the earth or do we have stewardship over the earth? Right. That changes everything. Yeah. And that's like a question of Hebrew language and translation and theology, but it's, there's a complete reorientation when we start to ask those questions. Um, so Nathan, I'm curious for you. So you've worked with, you know, Catholic worker house type work, and that is such a beautiful example of the church being in the world and dealing with, you know, our people being fed and housed and clothed and cared for in that way. Um, how do you see this, this program and this work intersecting with that or maybe pushing you further? Um, and what, are, what are the questions you're coming into this conversation with? Yeah, um, so a large part of, of my experience um, with The Open Door um, was that which is actually like nominally Catholic as a Catholic worker house, but uh, largely Presbyterian. There's only one Catholic in our kind of community. So the distinction between works of mercy and works of justice was really big there. So we did, you know, we did things around soup kitchens and showers and clothing closets and um, stuff to address immediate needs that people were having um, while always acknowledging that those things were only symptoms of a larger structural problem. Um, and so the works of justice came in there and we would advocate for housing, um, and for medical care. And, um, so definitely like a, a much more radical, like political bent in terms of social activism, which is often the case with the Catholic worker communities. Um, but one of the particular like, um, areas of introspection and work, um, there was, um, white supremacy and dealing, like dealing with the trauma of that, um, in American society and dealing with that, um, trying to like live across those wounds. Um, and so I came like, uh, I, I came away like really shaped by those conversations and those concerns. And I moved to another community in which um, issues of like, you know, inner like urban poverty and urban homelessness were not around because it was a smaller community, um, but issues of agriculture were a much bigger like focus and I began to think about the ways that those two things interacted with each other like how how do the traumas of white supremacy and the traumas of patriarchy like how does that all per- perpetuated through these like systems that everybody needs to be part of like everybody has to eat we all eat food from somewhere um, we all think about ourselves in certain ways and so like how are those things interacting um, and what does the gospel what is the Christian narrative like 
have to say to that? Like, what does it mean that Christians every week, like, consume the body of a, a poor peasant Jewish Palestinian man? Um, and how does that shape our understanding of ourselves and our communities? And so those were like, it was really, uh, I came to this program with the desire to just like integrate as much of that as possible. And into like we were talking about earlier, just like acknowledge and live into the fact that these aren't separate questions from one another. There are connections between every question that we want to ask. Like there's a way to get to another question that we want to ask or an answer that we have. Um, and so that was my, like my, my large concern was like, I really want to know, I really want to know how to follow the thread of like liberation theology through to the ground, to the land, mm. like from the, from the death and resurrection all the way into like the food that grows and we eat. Mm -hmm. And maybe back again. And back again. Yeah. It's yeah. a cycle. It's not a, it's not a linear thing, right? It's, we're always navigating these questions through seasons, I think. But these are the type of conversations that we have, you know, during class. And I, and I, I really enjoy that, that, piece of it. I mean, we get to discuss because we're all trying to, you know, learn and figure things out. We, and we're a very diverse group. I also, I like that a lot too. You know, we all are doing different things. We got people that work in healthcare. We have teachers, we have counselors, we have pa pastors. Mm -hmm. I mean, we have people like myself are just, you know, out here trying to figure it out. And so, you know, when we, when we have a meeting of the minds and just having in these in-depth in discussions, I feel like I've learned so much about myself and, and about my, my classmates just, just through dialogue. Mm -hmm. That's a powerful thing. I think that's the, that's the gift of a good grad school experience, right? Yeah. <laughs> it, again, it's not just, I mean, I'm sure there, there are great professors that are teaching things, but it is the community learning together. Um, so tell us a little bit more about what has your experience been like or what could you project forward for someone if they were to join this program? Um, it's conversations like this. What else are you discovering or what else might someone discover? Yeah, so I mean this this program came out of, I, I mentioned earlier, I mentioned Pete Gecki, it came out of um, a, a graduate course that he taught, a master's course that he taught called Food Farming and Faith. Um, he took that class and he was like, that should be like its own thing. That should be a whole demon track. So they worked over several years to get that up and running um and it's really been like every class has been so different from from one another um and so it's almost like even though i know like the name of the course i don't always know what to expect from that like that could go in so many directions so um we had theologies of of food justice this last um january and i was like you know that could be like that could be so many things um so I got to be exposed to and reacquaint myself with like the mo the main voices that are happening in issues of food justice and food sovereignty. Um, but then like a year ago, we had Dr. Brown and Dr. Parrish come in, I guess Dr. Brown and Reverend Parrish, um, come in and each teach a week. And they just, those were two wholly separate weeks. I mean, Dr. Brown was, um, was dealing with like really, really hard historical issues of food and the way that they are dealing with it in Baltimore in this really specific place. Um, and Nuria came in with um, just this incredible like hope and energy around like what is happening because this is all so new that, you know, um, the conversation is, is, 
is able to be entered. Um, and so we get, we get these like historical looks at issues of food and um, of land, but then we also get these like introductions into conversations that are happening and, and conversation partners, not only in our cohort, but outside of it. Um, and I've just learned a bunch about Memphis also, which has been yeah. really cool. Yeah. It sounds like it's really a program that while there, you may be coming from all over the country, it's rooted in place. And Very there's so. some rootedness in the Memphis community. Does that feel true to you, Jade, as someone who is rooted in that community? Yes. And I will say that the program has allowed me to just learn more and more about Memphis. I mean, it's different when you're from a place. It's just kind of like you just see it as for a while, or at least for me, you know, Memphis was kind of like, oh, that's home. You know, I just want to move away and, you know, kind of get out of Memphis and experience the world and everything. And so I didn't pay a lot of attention to things that were going on in Memphis and how rich Memphis is in history. Like there's so many things that I've learned just through this class um, or this program that I had no idea. All these, you know, historical markers that, you know, I pass by all the time, but I've never even, you know, taking a glance at it to say, okay, this is a part of history, you know? And, and so I really appreciate um, that about the program because it's helped me to learn a lot more about, you know, where I'm from and the contributions that Memphis has made to, um, you know, agriculture, food justice, um, you know, food security in the U.S. Um, and then I also like, you know, we've, we, we take it a step further and we looked into the Delta region and there's so much history in the Delta with mm -hmm. Memphis kind of being, you know, the hub of the, of the Delta region. So, I, I mean, it's, it's been a great, great, great um, journey. And I just feel like I'm just, I learned something new every time, you know, no matter where we are. We had an immersion, our immersion was up on Lookout Mountain in, um, like outside of Chattanooga, Tennessee. And so that was a whole different experience. And, you know, we were out of Memphis, outside of Memphis, but we got to also just learn more about, I mean, Tennessee is so different, you know, from West Tennessee to East Tennessee, there's a lot of different, I mean, differences, you know, in the people, the, the, um, I mean, even just like the land, you know, it was mountains. I went to UT, so, you know, I'm, I was familiar with the mountains and everything. And, and it's just like, I don't know. You really got to, we, we get to experience so many different geographies while in Memphis. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I like that. Well, I love that idea that it's brought to life and you've been able to dig deeper into your own hometown. Yeah. And I think there's something just so powerful about that intentional examining. We, we all could do it wherever we are, <laughs> but do we take the time and intention to, to do that? asking right. the questions and the listening and the exploring and um that's and that's powerful and i could see that it would be powerful exercise to do that collectively be it in memphis or in, you know in the area together as a cohort but that's also something that if you're living in some other part of the country you're going to take back to your own geography are those tools of curiosity those tools of exploring and looking and what is the path of the, our food system and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where are people having, who has access to what and what layers of history and all those, those layers that are there mm -hmm. and the geography itself and the soil and the water sources and, 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 um, we were talking to one of our guests the other day, um, Wilson Dickinson, and he was sharing that he's back in the hometown that he grew up in and 
you know, we were kind of, you know, kind of saying like, oh, isn't that lovely? You know, you're deeply rooted in place. And isn't this the ideal that all of us transient people are, you know, and he was going to say like, well, the other side of that is that when you are rooted deeply in place, you can see literally and figuratively the underbelly of what's, he was saying under our soil, we have, Mm -hmm. you know, pollution that's been there for the last 50 years. And we have, we, we know who the indigenous people were that, that our ancestors, ancestors displaced and, you know, that, and there's, there's an awareness of the oppression and the systems of oppression. And I think that is such a important and powerful reminder to dig deeply and to root as well is that it's not just, Oh, I have security and stability now. It's I'm willing to, going to actually engage to the point of seeing what is broken here and mm-hmm. where change is needed and where healing is needed and where, you know, active justice seeking is needed. I think it's definitely important. And it's also important too in, in healing. I mean, you know, there's, there's a, we're suffering from a lot of trauma here in Memphis, you know, from just, you know, history, historical trauma and, especially in relation, you know, as it relates to agriculture Mm -hmm. and the only way that you can properly heal, I mean, you have to kind of, you know, face history and and really learn and and also see the beauty in it. And I think that's kind of where it's this, this program has also led me to is not to focus so much on, you know, the trauma and the hurt and, you know, agriculture and its ties to slavery, but to look at the beauty of it and to look at, you know, the Delta region, we have some of the best soil in the world, mm-hmm. you know, just, uh, just being able to look at those nuances and, and really look at the, the brighter side of things in, in order to, to heal and also to, um, you know, be able to, to promote the, the, the area and, and it's being this kind of beautiful place. I think we, Memphis gets such a bad rap, you know, for crime and poverty and all these other things. But, you know, the culture, the history, the people, you know, the resiliency, um, you know, those are the things that I would much rather, you know, focus on and really highlight. And those are the things that are going to take the community forward, right? Yeah. 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 So that's a good place to to um, bring us to our last question, which as you both know, we like to ask our guests, what brings you hope? And I would invite you both to answer this in twofold. One is answer that question for yourself of what is bringing you hope in this time and place. And then also to think about why does this program bring you hope? Um, And how could this program be part of moving forward in a more just and generous way? Nathan, do you want to go first this time? Sure, sure yeah. Yeah, I guess hope's sort of a, a day-to-day thing for me. It's a dance partner that sometimes leads and sometimes is ushered from the dance floor because I don't have space in my heart for it. One thing that's been helpful for me, I, I've come from small towns, um, and so I, I'd lived in Pittsburgh for the last five years. Um, and Pittsburgh is not like Memphis. It's very, it's a very different place, um, but it has its own unique historical traumas and injustices. And um, it's really easy for me to get overwhelmed in large places where people are always doing things, even if those things are great. Like even if there's so many people working on so many different 
fronts, um, it's almost, it's almost worse because it's like, Oh, what do I do? How do I spend my time? How do I like, how do I prioritize one thing over another? Um, and so having just recently moved back to a place where I have like, it's a smaller community and it has like a lot of issues that it needs to deal with. Um, but it, it feels like there is more, there's more camaraderie between the people who are, are really concerned about some things. Um, and I think just like having those smaller groups of people and smaller, um, the, the ears um, to bend about stuff is is really helpful for me to maintain some kind of hope. Um, and maybe that's tied to some, some desire for myself to make a difference and for that just to be a harder thing to, to see in a, in a big place. But, um, I feel like I have the, I have the space to do things and to see the effects of those things in a small community, um, both negative and positive. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about, um, moving forward in this program and doing my, my project here in this small place and getting a sense of like, does this, does this thing that I want, I want to do, does this help people? Um, does it push forward this conversation in, in places that it might not otherwise uh, have been had? And I think that the, the program is, is part of that. I think the program gives me hope because, I mean, yeah, because it's 10 of us who are all so different from one another, um, who have really formed solid relationships and are coming at this from so many different angles and bringing so much like flavor um, to, to this, yeah, to this journey. Um, I'm just really honored to, to know people like Jade and to have met uh, Dr. Brown and for, you know, everybody in the, in the cohort um, to be able to just come together for two weeks and just like, talk about stuff um, and express like openly the pain and also the joy that we feel. And I think that there's, there's hope and solidarity um, in that, even though it's not always like a, it's not always a joyful kind of hope. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think it, it feels to me like this, there's something wrong um, with us uh, as as humans, as a society, like there's something that is disconnected and something that is alienated and something that is wounded. And we are super disconnected from our food and super disconnected from our land and super disconnected from our history a lot of the time. And I think this program is, you know, one of the places where people are beginning to think about what that means and how to move away from disconnection and alienation and toward solidarity um, and reconnection. And I think that's really important thank you nathan thank you what about you jade what brings you hope oh, what brings me hope um as nathan mentioned you know we are disconnected um you know from food land even from people you know relationships our relationships with people are are not the same and they're broken and it's led to you know broken systems and so what gives me hope is that, you know, we have groups of people, people that are forming together, um, you know, forming coalitions and networks. And we're starting to connect in Memphis in meaningful ways um, in order to address, you know, some of these systemic issues. And, um, 
and we're we're in solidarity and and that gives me hope and it gives me hope when someone else that's you know next to me in a in a group meeting and they're like you you give us hope and if i can give someone hope and they can give me that same hope then i feel like you know we're doing something good regardless if um we're you know regardless if we move the needle uh, <laughs> which sometimes seems like it may never happen, but you feel good in doing the work and knowing that you're at least trying. Mm -hmm. And I think that's been the most helpful thing with this program is that it's put me in a position where I am comfortable and confident where I can, I know I have to put forth, you know, the effort I am in a place of privilege and how do I, as Dr. Brown, you know, said, how do we, you know, lend our privilege um, into the direction or bend our privilege into the direction of, um, of justice? And so that is what gives me hope, you know, and how the program brings me hope. It's, it's, it's really giving me so much confidence um, to, to speak out. I was not vocal at all about things that I knew that necessarily weren't right, but, um, you know, it's, it's just giving me this this confidence where I'm just like, hey, you know, if I don't speak up, if you don't speak up for those that can't speak up for themselves, then, you know, is that right? Is that what, is that the godly thing to do? And so, um, it's yeah, it's just so much hope in being able to, not only am I soaking up and absorbing all this knowledge and wisdom, but I, I'm sharing it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's what's also, you know, important to share the knowledge and, um, you know, share the resources um, and, and everyone just working together. Um, and, and I love my cohort, you know, because we're all working together. And I think we're, we've all grown and, <laughs> you know, spiritually, we've all grown. And I feel like we're way more, you know, more confident. In, in at least being able to take these projects, you know, and head on and, you know, tackle them. So um, I'm, I'm hopeful um, in that, yeah, that the program gives me hope. <laughs> That's beautiful. It sounds a little bit like the kingdom of God or something, you know, like people coming <laughs> together, sharing with their gifts, learning, growing. And so that's beautiful. Well, talking to both of you gives me deep hope and I think it will to our listeners as well. And um, we'll let our listeners know how they could potentially be part of joining a cohort like yours. But I just want to really thank you both um, for coming on the pod today and for sharing your stories and your wisdom and your vision for what this world could look like and, and how each of you are part of that work. So thank you both. And I'll look forward to hearing from both of you in the future and hearing what God is continuing to do as you're working in that intersection of food and faith. Great. Thank you for thank having you. us. So if you were inspired by that conversation with Jade and Nathan, you too can join in, in the doctorate of ministry program in land, food, and faith formation at Memphis Theological Seminary. They're currently accepting applications. This dynamic and innovative low residency program is open to students who are passionate about the intersections of ministry with agricultural practices, food justice, care for the land, and the role of faith communities in both rural and urban settings. Students in this program will explore the theological and ethical dimensions of land and its use, the role of food in our lives, and the way faith communities both shape and are shaped by their relationship with land and food. This program will provide theological resources and practical models for the practice of ministry in faith communities 
which seek to relate more intentionally to the care of land, food, and all living creatures. Instructors in this program, like Reverend Dr. Heber Brown and Reverend Naria Love Parrish, have been at the forefront of food justice and creation care. The first two-week residency for the new cohort takes place in June 2020, and applications are currently being accepted until April 30th. For more information to apply, you can visit memphisseminary.edu slash landfoodfaith. That's memphisseminary.edu slash landfoodfaith. We would love to hear if any of you, our listeners, join that conversation, and we would love to interview you in the future to hear about how you're bringing together food and faith in your life. Thanks for listening to the Food and Faith Podcast. Our collaborators are Wake Forest University School of Divinity, Plain Song Farm, Garden Church, and The Keep Until. And the music is by Paul Deemer. Follow along and keep up to date with the podcast on Facebook at Food and Faith Podcast, Twitter and Instagram at Food and Faith Pod, or on our website at foodandfaithpodcast.org.